It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. Great afternoon, Ford Talk Radio. You know, it's even greater because we've got the Premier of the province, Doug Ford, who has joined us live in studio, no less. Doug, good to have you on board. Nice oh, to see you again. All these years later, we finally yeah. come back together. Yeah, absolutely. In person. Yeah. Oh, this is great, Johnny. It's great to be back here. And oh, I think it was Thursday mornings at 8.30, uh, Rob used to get on or 8 o'clock in the morning. And I think that was probably the number one show anywhere when he had uh, Rob on. And well, Now uh, we got you on. Yeah, but go, go, to, go to Root Cause, Wine Premier. Is you gave Rob the opportunity and the microphone to voice his opinion. He got elected mayor, dragged me into uh, the city council, and that's that's my mayor right now. A mayor, uh, I should say, premier. And Rob was mayor, <laughs> right. is because he had an opportunity to voice his opinion. And I'll never forget. I, I went to a meeting once, and well, I won't name the name, but the top executive in, in Canada, one of them said, and I didn't know who he was, Rob didn't know who he was, he said, Rob, I get my driver to pick me up early on Thursday mornings because I tune in to you and John Oakley. <laughs> it's amazing, eh? Yeah. We've come full circle. Yeah, but have we ever. Still some people who blame me for that, though. Oh, uh, that's it. Well, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm goofing it. with you. Yeah. By the way, uh, you okay? You got a coffee? or? Yeah, wine? I'm good. Everything's great here. Great okay. to be back. Okay, well, hey, Downey, uh, I want you to draw chips for all the OPP guys, okay? They're playing with house money this <laughs> afternoon. And. <laughs> Running this like a casino. <laughs> Anything of interest happening today that we need to know about? Well, we dropped off a big check, $114 million check over to the city of Toronto because they they really uh, hammered the, the housing targets. They went over 51%, so they're, they're building, which is great. And uh, we gave them that incentive, and they stepped up to the plate. They knocked it out of the park. You know, I was watching that, and uh, I, all the particulars would be on the government's website and the city's yeah. website, I'm sure. sure. But the one thing that impressed me the most, not a word of a lie, you look pretty good in that black suit. That's from Tom's place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tom's great. I, I love Tom. I buy my suits over at uh, Tom's place. And, folks, if you ever want a quality suit, go to Tom's place in Kensington Market. I don't even have to do the ad on, today. On Oxford. You just did. Well, it's on Baldwin, but it's Baldwin, close okay. enough. You're all around the net. Yeah, that's it. But, you know, hey, by the way, you can still go out and shop that way. I mean, people don't come up to you on the street. Uh, you can yeah, do that? They, they come, yeah, they, I always, I love uh, escaping from my uh, detail, the OPP. They, it drives them crazy. But I love just getting out there, meeting the people. I love going into the big box retailers, no matter if it's the Walmart, Home Depot, uh, Loblaws, Costco's, uh, Sobeys, I think I covered them all, Canadian Tire. And I, uh, <laughs> you better cover well, them all. I covered them all. I, I made sure. I think I covered all of, them, all of them. But I just go out there by myself, and you get the pulse of the people. Uh-huh. You know, it's retail politics. I, I, you know, I learned it from the best ever, and that was Rob, uh, best retail politician this country's ever seen. And But you really hear from the people, and that's why I give my phone number out to everyone as well you learn that from rob too oh yeah you give your phone number out man you you'll get a couple hundred messages a day and every issue you can think of and stuff you can't even think of but i call it the 911 hotline they need help uh have you ever tried to get a hold of any level of government it's almost impossible yeah, the 311 yeah so <laughs> yeah so you you give my line a call and uh, i'll do everything i can to help you and your family out you know, it's funny when you mention how Rob retail politics and how he touched people. Do you remember yeah. probably about 10, 12 years ago, we were in Florida together. Yes. And yeah. we went to a Leaf game during That's the Christmas right. oh, break. I remember. And it, we were the last to leave the, the parking lot. People were just... It was Beatlemania. Oh, Beatlemania. That's the way, that's a good way to describe it. 
But that's everywhere when I went with Rob. Yep. The funny thing about it was I got a lift with you guys, but I couldn't get back because <laughs> yeah. I had a golf game at 8 o'clock in the morning with the yeah, former right. CEO of this place, yeah. John Cassidy. That's right. And I had to say, you guys, you do your thing. I got to yeah. just grab a hack and get home because yeah. I had an 8 o'clock tee off time. Yeah. But it was. It was nuts like that. Do you f- get anything like that when you go out in public? Oh, well, I say, you know, some people like me, but they loved Rob. I hear stories about him every single day. I, and it's amazing, Johnny, no matter where I am in the province. They'd show me a picture, and he helped me with this. He helped me with that. He, and it's every day. So uh, we, we miss him tremendously. And I know uh, quite a few people miss him. There'll never be a guy like him. For you, though, what, what's the best part of the job? Is getting out uh, of the bubble. I call Queen's Park the bubble. Yeah. And you listen to the bureaucrats. And we got good, good, uh, you know, uh, public service up there. They're really good folks and, and good politicians. But I like getting out of the, there and and traveling around the province and listening to people and hearing their concerns. Uh, our, our, our province uh, logistically is massive. It's almost twice the size of Texas. It is uh, larger than California and Texas combined. It's just a massive area. I always say you can drive to Florida quicker than you can drive from one top of our uh, province around the loop all the way up to the Manitoba border. Uh, you can make it to Florida a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, besides that, though, I mean, where you got your start in politics was with your brother here. That's right. As a counselor. Like, I was watching a press conference today, and I thought to myself, you know, you probably have some great insights into how the city works and the challenges they face, right? Yes, and absolutely so, we do. I mean, how does that, does that explain that you maybe have a greater empathy for Olivia Chow? I know before the election you were saying, well, it's going to be a disaster if she gets elected. Now it's all chummy, chummy, sweetness and light, you know, <laughs> beer and Skittles, right? So what's going on there? Well, I just believe once the people speak, uh, we live in a democracy and you, you work with people. You know, Johnny, no no different than Rob or myself. I don't care what political stripe uh, you're from, and that's kind of what we we believe in and, and just work with uh, anyone. It doesn't matter if you're from the, the green, the red, the blue, the orange party, whatever. Uh, we work for the people at the end of the day. And I put our political stripes aside and do what's best for, in this case, the, the people of Toronto. You know, you just reminded me of something, putting political stripes aside. Yeah. When you used to come in yeah. as a panelist, yeah. and you and Adam Vaughn would go at it hammer and tong. Yeah. And right afterwards, I think to myself, there's, you know, a lot of bitterness and bile there. You'd say, hey, Adam, I need a lift back to City Hall. Yeah. You'd give him a lift. I mean, yeah, it was like, right. who were the cartoon characters that you likened it to? You guys were always fighting, and then you'd resolve things and then go off in your merry way. Yeah, that's no different than Queens Park when you watch us at the legislature. You know, we after we sitting there chatting with each other and had a good chat uh, with John Fraser. He he asked how uh, my family was. I asked how his was. We we're chatting, and you got to put politics aside at that point. They have their job to do. We have our job to do, and uh, that's all part of politics, I guess. Yeah, you know, well, it is, and so uh, there are certain points where you're obviously uh, compatible uh, with other let's say, goals or uh, initiatives with yeah. Olivia Chow and the housing thing, eh? Yes. Saw that today. Yes. But even Polyev, you know, it seems like you guys are all singing off the same hymn sheet. He wants to get rid of all the gatekeepers, so to speak, and, you know, withhold uh, infrastructure money. 
he says, if he's prime minister until cities comply. And it's not just, uh, you know, promising to build houses. You've got to actually have projects completed or the shovels in the ground. So the commitment is made there. Uh, would you agree? I mean, everybody's on the same page. Yeah, that. everyone wants to build homes. It doesn't matter what, what party you're, you belong to. But, uh, you know, that minister, Gibo, the federal environmental minister, uh, I couldn't believe what he said the other day. Uh, they're no longer going to fund building roads and highways. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what are we doing? Are we are we going to be riding on horseback or, or bicycles or, or whatever? But I didn't realize that uh, he holds the infrastructure uh, minister portfolio, which he doesn't. But this this is the same guy, Gibo, that chains himself to trees in the CN Tower. And, you know, he's an extremist. I always believe we can reduce emissions. We can be very uh, environmentally conscious. It's not either or with me. It's and. Uh, We're building the largest subway system in North America. It's getting people out of their cars. We've invested over $28 billion uh, around the world. There's been an investment of $28 billion in EV vehicles. But is that going to fly, Doug? I mean, seriously, you think that Gibo's saying by 2035, every car... Well, that's unacceptable. You don't know. That's totally unacceptable. You can't do that. You have to let the market dictate. Uh, we're, We're moving at a rapid pace uh, because the market's dictating. It's going to be up to the auto sector. I, I spoke to all the large CEOs uh, of, of uh, the large auto manufacturers, and uh, they aren't going to be ready by 2035. So they, they aren't thinking this out properly, uh, Gibo. but uh, we're going to continue building. I went to the auto show. If you didn't make it down there, you should. You should. I don't know if it's still open, but, man, there, there's a lot of slick vehicles there, I always thought I was under the perception I might, you know, might get 300 kilometers on a battery charge. But man, they they they're 740 kilometers. It's no different, Johnny. I I compare it to remember when the cell phones came out. Yeah, your battery would die in two hours. Now it could last forever. It's a lot smaller, more compact. So the technology is going to get us there. Okay. I, I didn't even want to bring up cell phones, Doug. <laughs> so let me just park that for yeah. now. Anywho, you know, the Gibo thing, let me just riff on that for a second, because I was really kind of bewildered and perplexed. Here's a guy, no new roads. He's not going to invest yeah. in new roads. But they poured a ton of money. You did as well into uh, EV battery production. Yeah. You got to get the precious minerals from that's maybe right. the ring of fire. Yeah, that's right. How the hell are you going to get to the ring of fire? Yeah, well, that's another problem. This guy is really, really uh, out to lunch, in my opinion. He's he's holding up uh, Highway 413 and Johnny and 35 years of being in politics, our family. Uh, the federal government's never, ever interfered in building highways. Well, he's interfering, trying to stop that. He's trying to stop the road to the ring of fire that have the precious metals uh, up there to be able to build the EVs, you know, every everything needs a precious metal in it, no matter if it's your cell phone or or the EVs. Uh, we have 34 of the uh, most precious metals, critical minerals that people need around the world. Uh, we're going to build the road with them or without them. And uh, that's you, that's how we do it. You're going to do the 413 the same way, no? Yeah, we're going to do the same, uh, same to the 413, but they keep delaying it. Uh, the, the court, well, the federal government, uh-huh. Ebo, um, but the, the courts decided in our favor. Uh, under, under uh, you know, anything to, to do with natural resources and the Constitution, it falls under the province uh, responsibility, but he wants to stick his nose in and stop uh, transportation across the board. As we're growing at the fastest rate than any jurisdiction in Ontario, 
Uh, we need to build highways. We need to build roads and bridges and schools and hospitals. And we're investing $183 billion in infrastructure right now, $70 billion in uh, transit, $28 billion in building roads and highways. But, you we're know, I read the other need. day, uh, somebody said that this guy's agenda is to deindustrialize. He's that oh, much yeah. of an ideologue. Yeah, he is. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the election. The people will have an opportunity to voice their opinion. But, uh, well, do you think the people along that corridor, the 413? Well, they're going to lose. We we won every single seat in, in that area, be it Brampton and Calden and Mississauga, based so on the 413. It. They're for it. Poll after poll after poll. And I just do not understand. And sometimes I sit back and wonder, who's running the country, Justin Trudeau or Gibo? And right now, I don't know who's uh, running the country. Sort of tail wagging the dog. Kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. But there's more upside, you're saying, to 413 than there would be downside. Because, you know, I mean, there are criticisms. We hear some spots playing on a radio. We get, I hear uh, or read op-ed pieces, too. Environmentalists, farmers are saying, you know, this is cutting through prime farmland. So well, been, actually, the, the farmers endorsed us up in that area because they want to get their goods to market as quickly as possible rather than sitting on the 400 or the 401 forever. Uh, we need to continue building. Uh, building highways and roads, and we're doing that. Bradford Bypass, Highway 413, uh, expanding Highway 3 uh, down in southwestern Ontario, Highway 7 over in the Kitchener Corridor. Uh, we're building like no other government's ever built before. Yeah, it, it, you see, this is the thing I can't reconcile. Uh, Gibo doesn't want any more road or infrastructure spending. Yeah, we got a million people coming into the country, the bulk yeah. of whom are coming into Ontario right. and yeah. around the GTA. So I don't know how you square that circle exactly. And then you got to build housing to accommodate. Yeah. Shoot straight with me here. Uh, 1.5 million over 10 years, Doug. Seems yes. like a pipe dream. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. I think if everyone hit the targets that Toronto did, it hit over 51%, um, we'll, we'll exceed that. And a lot of, a lot of cities are. And that's why we're putting the Builder Fasting, uh, the Build Faster Fund together for for municipalities. We're actually paying municipalities if they hit their target. But there's one jurisdiction or one city in Ontario that's one of the worst in the entire province. What? That's okay. Mississauga. Oh, okay, okay. It, it has actually shrunk. You, you know our good friend Hazel. <laughs> She'd be doing cartwheels right now if she ever found out mm. that uh, the city of Mississauga actually shrunk the only jurisdiction in Ontario with a housing uh, boom going on and with a population boom. How does that happen? I'll tell you, it's incompetence from, from the previous mayor. All right. So basically, uh, you've fired a shot across the bow of Bonnie Crombie, right? Absolutely. Okay. So it's a political answer to all extents and purposes. But let me just back it up a little bit on the $1.5 million, And here's the thing that eludes me. I can't get... I heard it again today. You said it. Uh, I think you said it last week, too, in a presser. Uh, attainable housing, affordable housing. Is that a difference with a dis- without a distinction or a distinction without a difference? What is the difference? What is it? Well, they're, they're, they're coming out with uh, uh, what attainable housing is. We're working with stakeholders. What is it? It's, it's basically you're going to be able to own a home, but it's going to be more attainable. But do you know where the problem I mean, what is? What does here? that mean, Doug? What does it mean? It's attainable. That's yeah, attainable. It's going to be a lower cost than regular priced homes. You're geared to what, and, though? And Income? The way, then the way we, we do it is we're looking for land right across the province, uh, provincially owned land. The, the highest cost of building anything is the dirt, as we call it, the land itself. Uh-huh. So we'll, we'll be able to uh, use our land at no cost and get people to build 
but uh, we're, we're going to continue uh, building at a rapid, rapid pace, and we'll, we'll hit our targets as long as all the other municipalities uh, build at the same rate and cut through the red tape and regulations. John, you've, you've heard builders in the city say it's taken three to four to five years to get a building permit. Yeah. It's unheard of. And well, you either want to build or you don't want to build. The municipalities that want to build, they're going to be rewarded uh, with a, a nice size sum that they can put into infrastructure. Well, we have some mutual friends who are developers. Yeah. You know, you get criticized because they say you're sort of catering or pandering to them. Now, I get it because, I mean, you know, they sort of hedge these guys. They make contributions to every party and so on. And every so. party. Yeah. <laughs> so doesn't matter. But we need them. That's the problem. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah I we mean, need them. We can't build homes without builders. Right. Yeah. But also, I mean, politics runs on contributions. I mean, cash, you can't really separate yourself from needing that juice to run a campaign, et cetera, et cetera. No? Yeah. So we, we had, a, I think the number they gave me, 28,000 individuals of, of $10, 15 $20, $50 uh, contributions. So the vast majority of any uh, fundraising we do come from the average, uh, you know, blue collar, hardworking person that gives us 10 or 20 or $30. That's where the majority of the fundraising uh, comes from. We send out emails and letters and, and people respond because they know that uh, under the previous government, liberal government, there's 300,000 jobs lost, chased out of this province, businesses, we're leaving in the droves today. There's 700,000 more people working today uh, than there was five years ago. We've never raised the tax on people or on businesses. We reduce taxes uh, for businesses to a tune of $8 billion to make ourselves more competitive. And that's that's why, and even the people, we've reduced uh, the burden of taxes. Well, um, hang on, hang on just a sec, because, you know, when we've got Olivia Chow and yeah. she raised it 9.5%, right? Mm-hmm. I saw you today in the presser, and you said, well, you know, you don't dictate whatever any city or municipality no, needs to yeah. do for it. Okay. But that all being said, you were a counselor for a while, so that's yeah. why it dials back to what I asked you earlier. If you, because you have some empathy or you, you understand the lay of the land for the city, right? Yeah, as far I, the inner workings. So sure. what would you have done with the budget? Look, you know, the police budget, they asked for 20 mil. She was only giving them 12. Then she conceded, okay, we'll do the 20. I even thought 20 was light. Yeah. Well, but, I don't know. Did you agree with that? You, you would have done well, better than I'll 20 you, if you were in charge? Johnny, I'll tell you our, our story. Uh, our story is when I first walked into City Hall with Rob, the city manager came up to us and said, you have $774 million of pressure and you got to raise your taxes 15%. And Rob and I looked at him and said, we aren't, we aren't raising taxes. We're going to drive efficiencies because we know there's waste. Uh, not only did we not raise uh, taxes 10 to 15%, we delivered the first 0% tax increase. And we delivered two budgets back to back. And uh, we saved the, the taxpayers a billion dollars. Uh, if people want to be uh, prudent fiscal managers, uh, they will be. And Are you saying the city's just, not? I, I can't uh, give my opinion. I haven't been down there for a number of years. They know the needs and and requirements they have. So I can't comment without looking at their books. But all I'm saying is we, when we came into office at the province, revenues were 150 billion. We grew the revenues $52 billion without ever raising a tax because there's 700,000 more people working today that are paying up the Queens Park coffers. There's a $20, $28 billion of investment from companies 
that are invested here that are paying taxes in the EV and auto sector. So there's billion. growth. There's growth. But Doug, yeah, let me get it back to the growth. Okay, uh, with yeah. the city though, if you were in charge of that budget, because I know well, you're close to the police. In fact, you got some members in your own family yeah. now. Yeah. Would you have increased the number of police? I mean, Olivia, uh, and there were still some people down there at city council who want to defund despite, you know, the crime being spiked and all the rest of that. Would you have increased the cop well, contingent? We, we, we've never seen more crime in, in uh, Toronto and the GTA with these auto thefts. And we're, we're pouring money in supporting the, the police and we're uh, supporting them. What about the city, though? Guns and gangs. But that gets distributed to all regions, be it the city of Toronto, Halton region, Durham region, York region, Peel region. That whole region are getting uh, funds from us to to support them in targeting these these terrible criminals. I, Johnny, I don't think there's a person in Toronto or the GTA that doesn't know someone that had their car stolen. Now they're crossing the line. These violent criminals are kicking in doors, putting guns to people's heads, yeah, and uh, bad, bad. then then we you know the police arrest them, and some weak need justice of the peace lets them out the same day. Yeah. And saying, "Oh, he he's a good boy," you know. Yeah, you just put a put a gun to someone's head, yeah. and uh, these guys need to be thrown in jail. The keys need to be thrown away, and uh, all the criminals, if they're listening, uh, driving around in a stolen car, we're coming to get you. We're going to catch you, and we're going to throw you in jail for a long time. Who do you think my audience is? Like criminals in stolen well, I don't cars? Know, Johnny, they, they might be tuning in <laughs> as they're driving to the ports to put them in the bins. That uh, which is unacceptable. So there's a multi-prong approach. Uh, you know, we have to make sure we screen the Montreal ports. We have to make sure when we catch these uh, criminals, they get thrown in jail. Yeah, uh, have detention orders. They don't get out on bail, and uh, you'll see a big difference if uh, everyone cooperates on that side. Yeah, you know, I'm still kind of. Curious if you would have raised the uh, number of police officers you would have hired, because mm-hmm. I know during the campaign, the election campaign, the municipal one, uh, there was talk of 500 more officers, which just take us back about uh, half a dozen years ago through attrition and everything. Because like, you're a big law and order guy. Yeah. I mean, you just told us about how you would handle things. Uh, and you've got family members. Some of your daughters are married to police officers. Yeah, three out of four. You know, there's another issue that's uh, arisen because a lot of the police officers, even despite people thinking that they're making pretty good coin, can't afford to live in Toronto. There's a lot that's of that. Right. The Absolutely. Af- yeah, the affordability issue, which yeah. gets me back to you never did answer the question. What's the difference between affordability and attainability? Well, again, uh, we're going to be coming out with that definition very, very shortly. But attainable uh, homes, you'll have ownership in it. Because I always believe if someone owns the home, they're going to take care of it, right? They're, they, they're going to put money into it. And you know, the, the biggest culprit out of all this, where we've seen inflation, and thank goodness inflation dropped below 3% the other day to 2.9%, is the Bank of Canada. That's what really causes inflation, mortgages and gas prices. That's a big chunk of it. Yeah. If we get the gas prices down and that carbon tax is terrible, they're going to raise it again April the 1st. They're, they're going to gouge us for 17.5 cents per liter. We reduced our share of 10.7 cents per liter. And uh, the Bank of Canada has to lower the interest rates. It's bottom line. They're hurting people, hurting families, and... Uh, Wait until people start renewing in a year or two. Well, they say they, they may do that the next time they meet on the 6th of March. But uh, the idea, too, though, that, uh, you know, gas prices, the carbon tax. I know we- <laughs> the worst tax ever. It affects everything. It affects food. It affects 
transportation going from point A to point B. It affects uh, every single family in this this province. They're gouging the people on this carbon tax. It's unacceptable. Yeah, and so your bill that you tabled earlier this week, uh, the Get It Done bill, where yes. you're saying there's going to be any future government that holds uh, wants to promote a carbon tax would have to put it to a, a referendum. referendum. Yeah. That's correct. So in other words, yeah, it's- they're going to be held accountable. Uh, we'll make it law that uh, if you want to jack up uh, uh, taxes on people, a carbon tax, you have to go to the people and hold a referendum. But then a subsequent government could just rewrite they, the law. They could do it, but we're going to hold them accountable. Oh, I see. So yeah, it's a sure. marker. You put a marker down. Yeah, absolutely we do. Okay. And in yeah. other words, uh, then that would be a testament to whether or not they're on the side of the people or yeah. they want to ram well, things we, through. We just have to create the environment and the conditions for companies to come here and invest. We're in such a competitive market, and we're doing that. Uh, the manufacturers of Ontario, we've created more jobs uh, last year than all 50 states combined in manufacturing. That says everything because we've created that environment on uh, making sure we're competitive with jurisdictions all over the world. Yeah, you compete. Uh, we're, we're an economic powerhouse now, Johnny, mm. right here. Everyone's talking about it. I, had, I met with governors and senators, and one governor came to me and said, wow, what are you doing, Doug? You're eating our lunch. And I said, governor, we're going to eat your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and dessert. Who's the governor? I can't name the governor. <laughs> Give me the state. I can't. I'll figure it out for myself, Doug. Yeah. But there's, there's charades. A lot of you can just do the charades. Yeah. It won't play on the radio, well, and I'll figure it out. You know something? We we're the fastest growing region in North America by population now. Uh, we're over 16 million and will be larger than New York State in five years. But in saying that, we have to build the infrastructure, we have to build the housing and the roads and the highways. And uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, we're we're doing we're blessed to live in Ontario. I'll tell you, the greatest jurisdiction in the world. It's like we won the lottery. Well, we really I feel that way. Yeah. Uh, anyone that lives here, you've traveled the world. So have I. I've spent a tremendous amount of time in the U.S. There's no jurisdiction better than than Ontario. Well, Nowhere. you know, okay. I mean, you're singing the praises of Ontario, and I get it. I mean, yeah. I, I think we're fortunate. Are we ever? But boy, the media sometimes they go after you, hammer and tong, don't they? They went yeah. after your brother big time yeah, too. I know. Are, are they I fair just, to you? Do you think? Not at all. But that's all right. <laughs> Wait, you know, not at all. Not, not at all. <laughs> Why not at all? Well, I don't know. They they're very political, and I I just ignore it. I <laughs> well, know you're we're in doing politics, right though. <laughs> of course, I they're know, political. But you know something that that's fine. I I'm not worried about it. I give how are they the, not fair, Doug? Well, they're just constantly uh, uh, just attacking, but that's—I I don't mind. That's all part of politics. That's part of their 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 job. I'm going to focus on the job at hand and making sure we continue with prosperity, uh, the likes of which this province has never seen before, and that's what's happening uh, right now, uh, right across the the board. There's no place anywhere in North America like uh, Ontario. Just think of it—we produce everything here, even our agricultural sector. Uh, we shipped out $19.6 billion of uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and everywhere. Uh, getting hungry, so for the, You're I making know, me hungry. Uh, you know, when it comes to beverage and food, $57 billion. These are big, big numbers. And uh, we're, we're the number, we're, we're the third largest trading partner. If we were a standalone country to the U.S., uh, we do about $460 billion of two-way trade uh, and it's split down the middle. And uh, we're number one trading partner in 19 states, number two to nine other states. So we, we are a powerhouse economically. Well, the agricultural thing, I mean, by the way, you know, uh, we need bees to pollinate the fruits and vegetables unless they get swallowed. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. What happened? I got wedged there. I, I was just talking and all of a sudden this bee just zinged right down my throat. <laughs> and I got wedged in my throat. But, you know, I, I just kept going. I, 
then uh, I ran to the drugstore and they gave me something for some bee string Benelin or something. I can't even remember what it was. It didn't was. sting you down in the gullet, did it? Uh, no, no. I got, There's a lot of real estate in my belly, Johnny. <laughs> he, he was he was thriving like crazy. Right. But uh, anyways, we uh, that was that was one of them. Well, that was, interesting thing. Yeah, that was one of those afternoons that uh, more people remember that than some of the other stuff, you know, with all of the stats and so on. And so oh, forth. I know, I know. That's uh, but that was that was interesting that day. That went viral around the world. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's uh, what I said. You know, this yeah. is the kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. obviously, you remember the heady days when uh, you and Rob yeah. would be going on the Kimmel show yeah. and doing all the rest of that stuff. Yeah. But it's changed. It's tempered somewhat now. Oh, uh, yeah. It's really, really tempered. And uh, we're just focused on building the economy, building hospitals. Uh, we're, we're building 50 new hospitals or expanding hospitals with a tune of $50 billion dollars. Adding thirty thousand new long-term care beds compared to the Liberals at six hundred over fifteen years. Ours are thirty thousand. We're going on all cylinders right now, full yeah. steam. It's just really, really amazing the growth we've seen. Well, let me ask you because you know, it's an election year in America. So yeah. if it comes down, I mean, do you have a, a preference, Biden or Trump? Well, I, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll work with anyone. I'm not at all involved in that. I think uh, the economy down there is so powerful. The markets are so powerful. It doesn't matter who's who's uh, in the big chair there. Um, but I, you know, we we're, we're, we always have your concerns on national security. But uh, I, I don't care who who's down there. We'll we'll work with uh, anyone. Yeah. And how about in Canada? Polyev gets in now. He's really put a marker down, building houses, getting rid of the gatekeepers. I mean, yeah. it's like. As I said earlier, uh, singing off the same hymn sheet, you and him, and cutting the red tape, and also withholding infrastructure money unless the municipalities have actually delivered on the houses, not just a promise, but delivering. you got to subscribe to all of that. Yeah, well, I, I work with anyone. I don't care who they are. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get up uh, with the, the PM and, you know, people get all hot that I'm standing there. But, you know, something when we're delivering $3.1 billion announcement, uh, last time on healthcare, I'll stand up there with Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, whoever it is, to get the three point one billion dollars. <laughs> That's not a lot of difference. Though. By the way, have you ever met Polyev? Uh, yeah, I've met him once. And yeah, it's it's up to him to win the election. I'm I'm staying out of it. I'm not getting involved in that federal election. I have my hands full here in Ontario. Wait a minute, you got involved in the municipal election? No, uh, not really, not really. I made a couple comments, but uh, at the end of the day, once the people speak, I'll I'll work with anyone. You didn't regret those comments, did you? Do you have any regrets in general? No, I look forward. I never look at the past, Johnny. I just keep looking forward. How we can always uh, look at continuous improvement, do things better, and there's always room for improvement when you when you're in a in a government. You know, we, we, I always look at it as running a business, and that's, uh, that's what we've been doing. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, since we've, we've been uh, down there for five and a half years, oh, my goodness, what a, what a difference now in a positive way. And uh, we were going the other direction with the, the liberals. They literally destroyed the province and every single ministry when we walked through the doors. But we're fixing uh, those, those uh, problems that they created, and we're, we're prospering now. So no regrets, say, uh, just blue sky here. On COVID, there came a report last week from McMaster that the schools never should have been shut. And they were on three different occasions. I mean, mm. if you had your, you know, a mulligan, a do-over, 
Would you have kept the schools open? Well, the way it worked, I listened to the medical experts, the chief medical officer and all the other uh, experts. That was uh, part of their advice. So I, I told the medical experts, I'm not a doctor. You take care of the health side. I'll take care of the economy. And uh, it turned out pretty well. And not that, not that this is a measuring stick at all, but when CBC came out a while back after the pandemic and said, Ontario did second best in the world next to Japan. And I love the Japanese. I thought we did better. But coming from CBC, I'll take second place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's almost a victory, isn't it? Yeah, that is. <laughs> from them? Say, Absolutely. I was going to say, is the media fair to you, Doug? Oh, I asked you that already. Sort of answering it all over again. Yeah. But when we talk about other regrets, okay, look, uh, people are going to wonder, because this is what I do. I get all kinds of people emailing sure. me and texting yeah. me, yeah, you know, absolutely. saying, hey, ask him about the green belt. How come he reversed himself on that? How come he reversed himself on 124? My sister even texts me, says, you know, I'm in the healthcare business. Uh, there's doctors that are burnt out. Uh, we need more PSWs. Uh, crime is going rampant. And well, let, let me, I don't know. Answer let me, it all. Let me, let me answer it really quickly on the healthcare. Uh, Sector. When we walked into um, you know into the province, healthcare was an absolute disaster. Uh, we've invested twenty one billion dollars more into healthcare. We've registered over eighty thousand new nurses. As the Liberals fired sixteen hundred nurses, we registered over eighty thousand. Are Seven, we feeling that already? Oh, we're we're feeling it. Seventeen and a half thousand nurses last year registered. We're paying for uh, all their expenses if they work out in a, in a rural area. We've registered uh, 10,450 new doctors. We're building medical schools for the first time in, in decades. How come that's not widely reported? How come that's not widely reported? Well, let's go back to your first question about does the media treat you fairly? <laughs> oh, I but, see. You know, but that, that's what we've done. You, you call any CFO, and you know, I mean, uh, CEOs of hospitals, you know them around here. I just got off uh, the phone with the, one of the largest hospitals in the country. And he said, man, what you've done is health, in healthcare is absolutely incredible. We have the lowest uh, wait times right now, and I still think it's unacceptable. Well, yeah. Uh, on on wait times for operations. Yep. Uh, but we have to do better on that. But the lowest in the country, the ratio from patient to doctor, we just invested another $110 million in, in uh, making sure that that ratio is going to be, once that's all implemented, 98% of the people will have a primary care uh, doctor. Um, so there's still endless room for improvement in healthcare, but man, has it come a long way, just in a massive way, uh, right across the board. And all you have to do is talk to any CEO of any hospital and they'll, they'll tell you. I'm going to shoot the bolt here because like everything and anything that uh, people wanted me to ask, I got your attention now. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just uh, a few more moments on this one. Uh, you know, these safe injection sites and harm reduction and everything like that, you know, uh, a lot of people, in fact, there's a neighborhood here, South Riverdale, just a real mess for uh, the neighborhood. A woman got killed last summer. Yeah, that's terrible. That's a tragedy. What's your view on these things? Are they failed well, social they're, they're, experiments or what's the deal? Well, you know, there's there's 17 of them uh, around around the province. I, I take a different approach. I'm not saying close them down. I just take a different approach. People should uh, go into rehab. Uh, you you know, force them a, into rehab? I don't know if you can force anyone to do anything, uh, uh -huh. but really encourage them to get into rehabilitation. Uh, that's more successful. I 
I always say you, you don't put an alcoholic outside the LCBO and then tell them not to go in there, right? There's It's serious. We put uh, more money into mental health and addiction because I'm very, very passionate about uh, mental health and addiction. We put $3.8 billion in. I was the first government ever to dedicate a minister of mental health and addiction, Michael Tobolo. Um, so it's a very serious, serious issue that uh, we're doing everything we can so it's a little bit of uh, both. But you take it out of a community where there are school kids and well, uh, daycares the, uh, and so on? You know, in, in that community, you said, they, they aren't too happy. Uh, no, about, they're about suing. That. Yeah, and it's it's really unfortunate. So we're auditing the, the whole system there, and uh, we're, we're going get, to uh, get it straightened out one way or another. I think we covered a lot of ground today, don't you? Yeah, I think so. We've got to leave doing... something in the hopper for the next time, no? Yeah, well, I, I look forward to coming on again, Johnny, and I appreciate all the listeners out there. And if uh, they ever need help, please feel free to reach out to me, and I'll help them any way I can. Yeah, well, what do they do? Call you? you got a number well, yeah, you want? Call, call my office, and they'll, they'll get the message over to me. And, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, they agree or disagree. Uh, once I, I finish talking to them, uh, You they, actually they talk to them? I call everyone. Wow, everyone. That's like Rob. I'll get, I don't know, a couple hundred messages a day on everything. And, and I, Where do I you find the time? I just got to constantly do it nonstop. Every chance you have, you return messages, return calls. You have any every downtime chance you to can. do anything? No. But I like working. Yeah? I like working. But the, it's. I remember seeing you at a falling. Leaf game. I mean, uh, on occasion, you get out to the hockey game yeah, or I you get to been the out cottage. There quite some time. And, uh, but it, no matter where you go, you're returning messages. But do you know what people appreciate, even though they disagree? You get a phone call back. Sure. And uh, I, I listen to them. And so that's that's what you need to do is listen. And if, if you get things right, that's great. If you don't, then you have to uh, change and, and do a course correction. And very few elected officials, politicians, uh, they, they dig their heels in. They don't want to change. I believe in if you make a, a decision people don't want, you change it. And then apologize, tell them what you're going to do to correct it. And that's what works. You admit your mistakes when you make them. Very few politicians do that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. you don't regret coming in today, do you? Not, not at all. <laughs> not at all, Johnny. It's a real pleasure being in here. And again, I just want to say God bless the people of Ontario. We live in the greatest jurisdiction on the planet. Well, I appreciate you coming in. We're going to do you. it again. Yeah, we will. Down I look forward road. to it. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.